Yeah, but specifically today, I'm going to talk about the importance of living a life of worship. The importance of living a life of worship. We need to have a mindset in our heart to seek God. And the kingdom life is, is not about things, but it's about our relationship with the Father. It's about our relationship with God. And, and the more and more we come in contact with him and we get to know him, we realize how much he loves us and cares about us. And he sees what our needs are. But we have to be uh, re real with one another and with the reality that there are lots of things that go on around us and inside of us uh, that bother us and that get us in places of distraction where we lose focus. But if we have a mindset in the heart of a worshiper, what you'll understand is when you get in the presence of the Lord, there's a deposit. And that deposit in our ways just spiritual, although that's what's most important, our soul. He says, I wish above all that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospereth. But don't you know God sees what naturally you have the need of also. He knows what's going on on your job. He knows what's going on in your house. He knows what's going on in your family. He knows what's going on in your body. The Lord is mindful of you. And he is mindful of you, but you need to be mindful of him. And one of the key strategies of the kingdom life is having the mindfulness of being a worshiper. That word mindfulness uh, we can define it as what is important to you. Uh, are we just carelessly going alone or are we intentional about what we do? And we've got to be focused if we want to be strong men and women of faith. We have to be focused. And we can look at the life of David. And we talked about him last week of how God used him and he helped him when he was under attack. Uh, but another thing David had a great grasp and understanding of was what it meant to be in the presence of God and to worship. Praise the Lord. We look at First Chronicles 16. It says, they brought the ark of God and placed it inside the special tent David had prepared for it. All right, and that's my first point. Uh, the importance of a life of worship. The most important thing you need to realize is your preparation. Somebody say preparation is important. You all that know how to cook, uh, know how to uh, make a good meal, you know that the preparation is the most probably important part, that you know what you're going to make and you know what you need to make it. Amen. Uh, you know how long it's going to take to cook. And so you also know that you need certain ingredients and sometimes they have to sit out for a certain temp at a certain temperature or whatever the case may be, so that it will come out right. And listen, God wants us to come through, and he wants us to come out right, but we've got to be ready. We have to prepare our hearts and our minds for what he wants to do in us. We have to prepare our heart and mind to go in to this place to meet him, to receive what we want to receive from him. The Bible says that David prepared a place for the ark. Now, what was the ark of God? The ark of God was this physical thing, but it had a supernatural impact in that it represented the presence of the Lord. And today, we don't carry around a physical ark, but we carry with us a spiritual ark where we want God to show up. Listen, 
We want God to come and be with us. We want to experience his presence, his love, come on, his peace, his joy. You know what happens when you get into the presence of God? It's not like what happens when we get in the presence of sometimes others. Uh, sometimes you get in some folk presence and you get nervous. You hear me? Uh, some folk you get in the presence and you don't know what's, what's something ain't right. But when we get in God's presence, everything is right. Come on. He makes all things new. But David was intentional about it. He prepared a place for it. It says it was a special tent. And then it says they presented burnt offerings and peace offerings to God. It says when he had finished his sacrifices, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And then he gave to every man and woman in Israel three things. Write this down. He gave them a loaf of bread. That's the first thing. The second thing is he gave them a cake of dates. And then the third thing is he gave them a cake of raisins. Now, what is significant about those things? I don't know about you, but I don't like raisins. And I like bread, but I don't like banana bread and all that. I like my bread with nothing in it. Oh, <laughs> praise the Lord. But David gave a gift to everyone who showed up, everyone who was present. He gave to every person a blessing. Number the first thing that happened was those that were in this place of worship, they received a blessing in the name of the Lord. And that's what happens when we get ourselves in a place of worship. We receive a blessing from God. But listen, that blessing is not just always I leave and I feel good. But listen, the people here that met David at this place that he prepared, he gave to every man and woman three things. Listen, they showed up. Listen, worship was a place where they presented themselves before God to honor him. But don't you know when you honor him, he will honor us. And listen, they showed up into a place for a spiritual breakthrough and impartation, but they left with a deposit of three things. The first thing was a loaf of bread. Now, if we look at the Old Testament theology, we understand that bread is significant because it is one of the fundamental aspects of the diet of the people of God. Come on, we need bread. Now, I know some of y'all are on that keto diet and you're not eating bread right now. I probably need to get on it myself. But listen, it was a critical part and an essential element of life. That's why when we go to the Old Testament and we look at when the people of God were in the wilderness, God found a way for them to eat and they received the bread of God from heaven. They didn't really know what it was, so they called it manna. What is it? But it represented God's provision even while they were in the wilderness. His response, listen, to their worship, his response to them following him was to shower the people with bread, and bread represents life. And we go into the New Testament, and we've been studying the Gospel of John. We know that Jesus said that I am the bread of life. Why did he say that? Because he wanted us to know that he's the essential element for all that we need to make it. He is everything that we need to survive, and our spirit man needs to be fed, and it's fed when we get in a place and we can receive the impartation that God has for us. What is that place? It's a place called worship. 
you look at Exodus 16 and 4, he says to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. I don't know, is there anybody in here that needs something? But what you need, you can't get it at Dillard's or Macy's or Walmart. I can't get it, listen, in the world, but I found something in Jesus. He says, I'm the bread of life. Somebody say he's the bread of life. We're living in a world that's spiritually starving. But our dear Lord Jesus described himself as living bread. We're living in a place where we see some are dying spiritually and are not eating. But listen, he encouraged us every day that we would receive, he says, give us this day our daily bread. Jesus prayed that prayer. Listen, he was talking about himself. Somebody say he's talking about himself. When we live a life of worship, when we come into this prepared place, when we come with a prepared heart, we don't leave empty-handed. Somebody say, don't leave empty-handed. David left with some tangible things, and he gave the people, look at that, verse 3, to every man and every woman a loaf of bread. Somebody say, the living bread. The next thing he gave them was a cake of dates. Now, what was the symbolism here? It was traditionally cooked and eaten at Passover. This same thing, a time of remembering God's mighty act of saving his people from the Egyptians. This gift of a date cake is a clear reminder of God's power to save. Not only he is the living bread, uh, but he is our savior. And listen, when we live a life of worship, we get a mindset and a mindfulness that he is all that we need. And listen, he is not just all that we need, but he has the power to deliver us from whatever we're dealing with or going through. Somebody say he has the power to save. Another thing that David gave them, every man and woman, was a cake of dates. And listen, these cakes of dates were made by pressing and drying raisins. And we know that raisins come from grapes. Is that right? Uh, or prunes. And I don't like no prunes now. Uh, but they've been dried out. Listen, but they are still good to eat. And they are been preserved so they, they don't necessarily rot. Uh, although they aren't as juicy necessarily as they would be when they first come off the vine. But these dates have been pressed and dried out and made into a cake. This was a sweet delicacy where all of the goodness of many grapes was condensed into each mouthful. And this was a symbol of harvest and fruitfulness. Come on and say the cake of dates is a symbol of harvest and fruitfulness. So what was it? They came, and they came to give their time, and they came to give their burnt offerings. It says in verse 1, they presented burnt offerings and peace offerings to God in the place that was prepared for the, the presence of God. But when he had finished, they received the blessing from the Lord, from the man of God. And listen, then they received these three gifts and these three things were reminders of God's blessing for life, for salvation, and for fruitfulness. 
And listen, when you live a life of a worshiper, listen, you aren't living a life that is without impact and without fruit. Listen, the life of a worshiper is a life of a person that understands that the blessings of life come from God. They come from being in a place where we understand who God is and we get a heart and a mindset of thankfulness. Somebody say thankfulness. Listen, we get a heart and a mindset of thankfulness. If we look at verse 4, it says, David appointed the following Levites to lead the people in worship before the ark of God. Why? The first thing was to invoke his blessings. The second thing was to give thanks. And then it says, and to praise the Lord. Listen, when they came to this place of worship, there were some people that were put in charge of leading this. And their primary purpose and mission was to invoke his blessings, to give thanks, and to praise the Lord. And it says Asa was the leader of the group. He sounded the cymbals. You hear me? It says second to him was Zechariah, founded, followed by Jael. Sheremoth and Jehiel and Mattiah and Elabab and Benaiah and Obed-Edom. And they played the harps and the lyres. The priests, Benaiah and Jehaziel, played the trumpets regularly before the Ark of the Covenant. Why? Because this was something that God set in place that he wants us as his people. He wanted some people that were specifically designated all the time to put out this reminder this bulletin that Jesus is the bread of life that he comes to save and that the fruitfulness of righteousness comes, amen, from being in his presence. You hear me? Come on. God wants to be glorified through your life, but you have to give him your time. You have to be in a place that's prepared. Listen, we all know and our worship team knows that the most important part of the worship experience is not what we just got through doing, but it's what happens when we weren't here. It's the things that we did during the rehearsal, but it wasn't just the rehearsal. It was the time that each individual has spent, listen, in God's presence. And listen, sometimes we're in this place where we are in this place of spiritual need, our physical need, but we have failed to do the thing that's most important, and that's to live and to stay in this mindset of a believer that I'm going to give God praise and glory and I'm going to magnify his name. I'm going to shout. I'm going to raise my voice, which is the trumpet that God has given me to declare how good he is, how great he is. And not only am I going to do that, but I get these elements of thanksgiving. If you keep reading in First Chronicles 16, where it says what the true elements of thanksgiving are, it's remembering what God has done. And how do we remember it? We've got to look at the symbolism of all of this. Because when they were in the wilderness, listen, when they were coming out of Egypt, listen, when they were under the bondage of Pharaoh, God did some things to bring them out of that place of darkness so they could get to the place of Canaan, which was the place of promise. And listen, sometimes we forget what God has done for us and we complain about what we don't have. We complain about how we feel. We complain about what's going on. But we've got to get this position and this heart of preparation. And we've got to think on the things that are good, of good report, and remember what God has done. Not only we have to remember what God has done, We've got to tell others about it. Somebody say, tell somebody about it. 
Come on, the songwriter said, tell somebody, tell somebody about Jesus, how he set me free, how he gave me the victory. Come on, have you, he said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. When was the last time you had a conversation with somebody and tell them what the Lord has done? Listen, I just got to talking about what the Lord is doing for the remnant church, but I just believe the Lord is going to do something and has done something for your life. But sometimes we get reserved in it and we think that it's something that we did or something that we've accomplished. But listen, don't ever stop giving the glory to God because everything you've got, he is the living bread. He is the one that brought you out and he is the one that put you in that place so you can experience harvest. Come on, but don't forget to tell somebody else about it. Come on, when was the last time you shared with somebody your testimony? Maybe it's something you uh, might have been ashamed of, but you don't have to be ashamed of it no more because the thing you used to do, you don't do no more. The place you used to go, you don't go no more. The thing that used to have you, come on, that place of Egypt, you're no longer in because you've recognized that God is, has the power to save. He has the power to heal. That sickness that used to rule your life no longer rules your life because you've experienced the presence and the healing of God. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? And sometimes we wonder and we look at folk in church and we wonder why they're always jumping and shouting. We wonder why they're so loud. Listen, we wonder why they're so happy because they have a life of a worshiper. Somebody say live a life of a worshiper. Listen, we need more people who aren't afraid to shine forth and to show forth the praises of God. Somebody need to know from your life that Jesus is Savior, Healer, Baptizer, and Sue coming King. There's a reason why so many folk are in darkness because too many of us have put our testimony in the closet. Listen, too many of us have allowed folk to hurt us and talk down to us, and so we just got quiet. But listen, tell somebody what the Lord has done for you. Tell somebody how the Lord has blessed you. Listen, I'm never uh, in this place where I'm going to allow myself to take credit for the things that God has done. Come on, a worshiper understands that it's not about them and it's not about what they've done, but it's about what God has done. And it's privilege is about who God is because he does what he does because he is who he is. Come on, showing God's glories to others. That's another element of worship. When I can shine forth the glory of God to others. Listen, when they come in contact with me, I'm not just talking about, oh, the troubles I've seen and nobody know. I'm not just talking about what happened to me, but I'm talking about how God brought me through it. I'm shining on him that it was a problem, that it was a situation, that I was in a circumstance, but the Lord saw me through. And then another element of true thanksgiving here and that we will see from the life of a worshiper, someone that knows how to give. Somebody say give. Come on, why do we give? We don't give to get but we give because God is good. And listen, because God is good, we get in this place where the focus is no longer on us. See, most folk doing what they want to do today. Y'all hear me? Listen, most folk go where they want to go. They use money how they want to spend it. But when you get in this place where you become a true worshiper, you'll start giving things away. Listen, you'll start doing things that you didn't used to do. It's no longer about you. 
but you'll offer your gift of self, time, and resources. And more than anything now, come on, we've got to position ourselves, men and women of God, of people who aren't afraid to be available to share what God has given us. And I'm not just talking about money. We get nervous in church. But listen, more importantly than that, it's the talent. It's the time. It's your testimony. Y'all hear me? The importance of living a life of a worshiper. I've got to close this. The purpose of worship, leading the people in worship before the ark of God, which represented the presence of God, was to invoke his blessings. Listen, when you get in here and when you get in God's presence, a blessing is released. Come on, that word is sarat. It means to invoke. Amen. And how is it when I minister, when I serve, when I attend, and when I contribute, somehow or another I receive, and it's like a slingshot, and it, I push it out, but it, something comes back to me in a greater measure than what I've given it out. Do y'all hear me today? How is it that I have given everything I've got and I've wore out, but somehow or another the Lord touches me and he refreshes me? How is it that he when I come to invoke his blessings, listen, they overtake me. Somebody say, invoke his blessings. Listen, when we come in his presence, we call on him earnestly. And when you call on him, listen, the old folk used to say, when you call on him, he will answer prayer. And listen, you've got to live a life of a worshiper because there are some things that have been locked up. But listen, the way you unlock them is when you give your life to him and when you honor him with everything you've got, with everything you do. Lord, I love you. Lord, I bless you. Lord, I serve you. Lord, I'll give you my glory. I'll give you my praise. I'll give you my time because you've been good to me. And listen, when you begin to call on his name, when you begin to be attentive to the things that he's concerned about, when you begin to contribute in a way that you've never contributed before, somehow or another, God turns it around just like David. Amen. When he gave that ark and when he placed that place and he prepared that place, he gave that loaf of bread, he gave that cake of dates, and he gave those raisins because they received a blessing from God for just being there. And don't you know, sometimes what we've done and what we've missed is we just don't show up. Do you hear me today? Next week, we're going to give away 500 backpacks. There's nothing you have to bring. Listen, I know some organizations, they want you to sign up this. They want you to bring paperwork from that. But listen, Remnant Church, when we give, we're just going to give. Listen, I don't want you arguing with folk how many folk they got. They say they need five bags. Give them the five bags. Listen, listen, God didn't ask us to adjudicate everything or figure it out. But just do what he's asked you to do. Listen, you don't have to have the answers. And listen, we don't have to have all of these restrictions and requirements. We just to learn need to learn how to be a blessing. We just need to learn how to give and contribute, even when some folk not going to come back to say thank you. Listen, but listen, we have to become like God is. How is he? He doesn't bless us just because of what we've done or that we deserve it, but because he's good. He does good. Somebody tell the Lord, thank you. What else did they do? They did a zakah. They gave thanks. And what are you doing? You're remembering you call to mind, and I'm almost done. Worship 15, y'all can come back. They record what the Lord has done. Another thing they do is yada, and these words are here in this scripture, to give thanks. Listen, to not to 
confuse sin or to confuse the name of God, but to throw, to shoot, to cast. Listen, to throw up your hands, to say thank you. And another thing that they did here was halal. And that means to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, to praise, to boast. It's used of a clear sound, a tone of public rejoicing. The tone that's coming from me is not one where one part of me is fussing and the other part of me is shouting. But listen, I've decided, listen, to call upon the Lord. I've decided to tell of his goodness. I may be going through something. Listen, I may be dealing with challenges. I may be dealing with situations. Folk may not be treating me right on my job. I may be dealing with something in my body or my finances. But listen, I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to take my focus off of the problem that I'm going through. And I'm going to put my focus on God. Because listen, when you show up in the place with the position and the preparation and the posture of a worshiper somehow God knows how to release a blessing over your life listen when you find yourself in the presence of the king of kings and the lord of lords when you realize this is not the thing that you bought at Crest or Winco or Walmart that's keeping you alive but listen it's Jesus he is the bread of life listen he is the great one listen he is the risen one he's the one that provides all that we need he's the one listen that brought us through the river in the desert. He's the one that brought us out of the wilderness. He's the one that gave you manna from heaven. Listen, he's the one that preserved the date. Listen, when it should have rotted. Listen, it still has substance. Listen, God knows how to bless us in the place when we need it. He knows how to bring us out. He knows how to give us salvation. And then not, don't just stop there. It's not just enough for you to say I'm saved and I know I am. But listen, when I get in a place, when I connect it to the one that gives life some things I start to touch life starts to happen listen the fruitfulness and the harvest starts to come because I am the one that has connected myself to the one who gives all who knows all who supports all who didn't do anything y'all hear me today I want some believers in this room to rise up amen into a place of a worshiper so much where you've got the warfare to bring down the things that have been locked up and held up listen we serve the living Savior. He's the living bread. Too many sick around us. Too many folk broke around us. Too many folk broken around us. Do you know Jesus today? Do you have a life of a worshiper? So when you show up in a place like David did, you can invoke a blessing of the Lord. You can run the devil out of that place where he's wreaking havoc. Do you have the life of a worshiper? You know what happens when a worshiper shows up? They've been in a place of warfare and all of a sudden, the thing that the devil has been doing, he's no longer impactful and effective anymore the place that he's been shutting out and cutting off he can't shut it cut it off anymore because a worshiper knows how to call on the Lord and a worshiper knows that when they call on the Lord they will invoke a blessing wherever they go come on the kingdom strategy I talked about today is that we need to live a life of a worshiper and that means, <laughs> excuse me, we've got to learn how to call on God. We've got to be in a place of preparation. Too many of us, we are distracted and we're not focused. Too many of us, we're in a hurry. But we need to steal ourselves Come on, we need to slow ourselves down. We've got too much stuff on our agenda, too much stuff on our schedule, so we don't have time for God. 
David prepared a place for worship. And it wasn't just a physical place. It was a spiritual place. Really, he prepared his heart for worship. Thank you, Lord. Come on, I'm done preaching today. But I want you to know today, whatever you need, your breakthrough is here. And it's in his presence. Come on, it's in his presence. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Thank you, Lord. In his presence, blessings are released. Brokenness is healed. Thank you, Lord. Too many people are allowing too many things to keep them out of the place where God has the deposit that you need. Because he's the living bread. Come on, you made time for the counselor. You made time for the doctor's appointment. But will you make time for Jesus? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Some of us need a clear reminder today that the Lord is the one that has the power to save. And somebody is waiting and we're wandering in this place of drought and lack. But I want you to know today you are connected. If you know Jesus, if you confessed him as your Savior and Lord, there's a requirement of you to worship him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for these reminders of God's blessing of life, salvation, and fruitfulness. Somebody may say, I'm in a place right now. I really need something from the Lord. Listen, I've gone here. I've gone there. I've taken time off of work. I've gone on vacation. Listen, I've given. Listen, I've become a part of this organization or that organization, but something is missing. I've gone to church. I've listened to the music. I've listened to the word. But have you prepared your heart and have you got yourself in that place that a worshiper lives? And I'm not just waiting on the, the singers to come or the musicians to come, but I came. I came with that prepared mindset that I'm going to give God the glory if don't nobody else do it. I'm going to shout if don't nobody else shout. I'm going to help if won't nobody else help. Y'all hear me today? I'm going to contribute if won't nobody else contribute. Listen, I'm going to be positive if everybody else is being negative. Come on, I'm going to tell what the Lord has done. Praise God. I'm not going to give my glory to myself, but I'm going to give glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's the living bread today. Come on and stand to your feet all over the building. We're getting ready to go home. Thank you, Lord. We came. We came to worship. But when we leave, the worship shouldn't start there. The worship starts when you go out the door. Come on, worship is what you do with your time. It's what you do with your talent. Worship is what you do with you. Come on, it says what I do with me. That's worship. It's the thing that I place my attention and focus on. Come on. But today, I'm leaving here. But I'm not just leaving here, and I'm going to leave it here, but I'm going to carry it with me. Listen, the Ark of the Covenant had to be carried. What are you carrying with you? Not only did it have to be carried, but if you look at 1 Chronicles 15, it had to be carried <coughs> the right way. Y'all, excuse me. It had to be carried the right way. Come on, are we carrying it like God said carry it? Come on, have we prepared ourselves for worship? Come on, they had to consecrate themselves. They had to separate themselves. 
Too many times we take action and we've moved and we fail to ask God how to move things properly. Come on, get the heart set and the mindset of a worshiper. I can't deal with it all today. The key to worship is what happens before you get there. <clears throat> it's preparation. It's a mindset focused on God's purpose, God's plan. And not only God's purpose and God's plan for the universe, but God's purpose and God's plan for your life. Thank you, Lord. Lord, teach us how to approach you. Lord, teach us how to love you, how to know you. Lord, we got taught a certain thing in a certain way in church. But, Lord, we're not looking for religion. We're looking for a relationship. Lord, we're tired of the pomp and circumstance. But we want to experience the release of harvest, of fruitfulness. Thank you, Lord. Just like David, when he showed up, he invoked a blessing. Lord, our soul needs a blessing from on high. And we thank you today for the bread of life. We thank you today for salvation. And we thank you for deliverance. We thank you for harvest. Hallelujah. Harvest is coming. Harvest is right here. And Lord, we want to be in a place to receive it. We thank you today. God, we bring you our life. Come on, say, Lord, I bring you my life. Lord, I bring you my time. Lord, I bring you my talent. Lord, I bring you my testimony. Lord, I bring you my, test, my resources. And Lord, I'm asking you for help for how to carry out your agenda of how to worship you in spirit and in truth. Lord, there's no hidden agenda today, but my agenda is you. And so I come to Sharath. And even as the musicians play in Zamar, I come to Zakar, and that's to give thanks. God, I come to Yada. Come on, I come to praise. God, I come to throw down, and that's throwing down my burdens, my problems, my circumstances, my issues, my hurt my pain, my disappointment. I lay it down for the joy of the Lord and I give you a halal. Come on, anybody want to lift your voice today? Lord, you said shout unto the Lord with the voice of triumph. And so Lord, I lift up my voice and I shout your praise today. Come on, the Lord is good. Come on, he's the bread of heaven, bread of heaven. Come on, he's sent down from glory. Sent down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. A conqueror. You are the living God. You are the living bread of heaven. Bread of heaven. Sent down. Sent down from glory. Come on. Many things on earth. A holy king. A conqueror. You are the living God. Awesome ruler. Come on, the general redeemer. To redeem. God with us. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. How in you. You are, you are the. Jesus call his name. Come on, that's what we're preaching about. That's what we call you. Humanity. 
Somebody's wondering today, how do I meet Jesus? How do I touch Jesus? Get in his presence. How do I get in his presence? I've got to approach him with the right mindset. And that's with the heart of a worshiper. Lord, I can't do it. I can't fix it. But I give you my everything today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. 